podcast on early learning by Busy Bees. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Talia. And this is The Greatest Resource. Now, Talia, tell me, why is this called The Greatest Resource? Well, when we were brainstorming a name for our podcast, we came across the Dalai Lama quote that children are our greatest resource. And it kind of embodied what we were trying to achieve by producing the podcast as well, creating a podcast that's not only a resource for new families, but also to educators as well. So today we had Melissa Thompson come into the studio. Melissa is a quality education advisor and she discussed some really informative topics with us. Yeah, we looked at the importance that assessment and rating plays in a childcare centre as well as what a new family should look out for when they're trying to choose the early learning service for them. Amazing. Let's hear from Mel. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us on The Greatest Resource. Did you want to give us a little bit of background about yourself and uh, how we got together in this room? Sure, I started in early childhood education a long time ago, uh, 1991, 92. It's a long time, Mel. That's how old I am. Yeah, thanks so much for pointing that out. (laughs) It's not the first time I've heard that and I'm sure it won't be the last. So I started uh, straight out of high school. I finished high school obviously when I was very young, (laughs) clearly. Uh, So started and what we called an assistant back in those days, completed some studies, worked my way up to a group leader and then worked my way up through, did different jobs and different roles and different responsibilities and worked, I guess, up through the ranks, we like to call it, and then have done some time as a uh, trainer and assessor working for an RTO and then um, was sort of fortunate enough to land the quality and education advisor position. Fantastic. That's amazing. So I guess for people who don't know what a quality and education advisor is, can you give us a little bit of a background on what you do, I guess, day to day? Mm -hmm. So I look after about 30 different services across the country where I um, visit them and I guess support the individual educators as well as the service managers on the best practice for children. So looking at all the different quality areas that uh, you know, who we refer to as the department would come out and have a look and see, you know, has how it, see how the services are travelling, um, making sure that everybody's doing the things that they're supposed to be doing and giving advice on certain aspects of the education process and program and also in the quality space, so relationships for children, um, professional and um, the programming that we need to do to look after children's interests and best extend them. Now, now you mentioned the department uh- do you actively have relationships with members of the relevant state departments or is it more your um, you know, your expertise is with the actual early, early learning centres? More so with the early learning centres themselves. We like to have a partnership with the department so that we're all on the same page. So I try to attend as many learning opportunities that I can with the department, whether they be in person or online, and then we'll pass that information on to the services, but predominantly with the services themselves. So essentially what your day-to-day job is, um, is you go into an early learning setting, um, you kind of assess where the service and the educators are currently sitting in terms of the delivery of the program um, to the children, um, and then you kind of work with them to make sure it's if it's not up to scratch it is up to scratch mm-hmm. and making sure that I guess the communication at service level to the families is actually being delivered to a standard that a family could actually walk away and understand what it is that happens day to day with their children yep, in the learning environment. Definitely. 
that's, that's amazing. And what about um, assessment and ratings? Are you involved in that particular process with, the, with each service that you look after? Not on the day of the assessment and ratings, but leading up to the assessment and sure. ratings, most definitely. And that's what the reports that I feed back to the services assist them, give them the feedback that they need to then better the practices that they're already doing. And so when you say an assessment and rating, you're talking about the, I guess, standard that the department of each state visits each service and classifies that child, child care centre as whether they're kind of passing or not passing in terms of what they're delivering Definitely. To yeah. When I talk about it to my family or my friends, I liken it as much as I can, I suppose, to when hotels are rated five-star, four-star, three-star. Yeah, got you. So that's essentially what's happening. Obviously, that's a very simplified version, but that's essentially what's happening. There's certain yeah. elements that services need to be doing and achieving to get those particular ratings, much like a hotel does. So what are the ratings, out of curiosity? So there um, is significant improvement required, which that's not something we want to be looking at. Never seen one of those. No, I'm assuming that's the lowest. Yes, yeah, okay. yes. Working towards the me- meeting the, the standard, which we refer to as working towards, then we have meeting, then we have exceeding, which is exceeding the, the average standard, and then you can apply for something called excellence, which you need to have gotten exceeding before you're able to apply for excellence. Right. So really, you don't want working towards, but that means you've got you've passed some things and you're working towards other things, but it certainly means you're not going to be closed down for business, correct? Definitely. It, working towards is certainly still a good service. Right. It just means some particular elements that the service needs to work on to get them back up to that meeting, but it's certainly still a completely mm-hmm. fine rating. Now, in order to get um, a rating, are there certain categories that you, um, you know, that you get assessed on? Sure, there are seven different areas. Um, now you're going to test me. Okay. Uh, so we've got the um, your programming, your programming um, quality area, then one that focuses on child safety and um, you know making sure children are washing their hands, health and hygiene and whatnot. Then we have another one that talks about our environment, so indoor and outdoor environments. We have one that talks about our staffing, so educators, how long educators have been there and how they communicate. We have another one on uh, purely on relationships with children, then one on uh, working with families in the community, and then our final one is sort of more about governments and, you know, all the technical boring stuff. So do you find like seven areas is a lot, I guess, for a child center to be focusing on. Um, do you find that within the service that different people are responsible for one or two of these areas or it is a collaborative effort? It's definitely a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. I suppose those, um, the more the, the governance comes down to more of the management side of things. Certainly other the educators certainly do influence that. Mm-hmm. But generally that's more looked as a service manager, whereas all of the others educators have to be making sure they're, you know, washing children's hands and and teaching children about the importance of washing hands, Mm -hmm. wiping their nose, dental hygiene, all of those sorts of things. And relationships with children, in my opinion, is one of the most important because how we engage with children and how we educate children and how we treat children will then influence all of those others. If a child doesn't feel safe and comfortable, then they're not going to learn. They're not going to feel comfortable to learn. and, And that's one of the most important so opinion. are they equally rated then? So like there, it's seven equal portions? They're equally as important, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. And do you find that maybe one area or one or two areas are the hardest ones to achieve when you look at, say, your portfolio, 30 services, for example? Do you notice that there's always one or two areas that kind of brings a service down or is it random depending on the service itself? I think there is a 
a generalisation and sometimes that health and safety one, which is certainly very, very important, can be something that sometimes they are little people. Mm -hmm. They are very, very busy. There's lots of little people. So sometimes, you know, there will be a child that might you might miss as they're moving, transitioning from indoors to outdoors and they need to, maybe they've sort of scooted past you when they haven't got their hat mm-hmm. or maybe they've scooted sort of around you when they've gone from the bathroom to the lunch table and they haven't washed their hands. So it need, you need to be super vigilant. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that does happen. Depends when the, where the assessor is at that point That's in right. time That's right. And, as you well. know, sometimes we're, we're very busy and we're focusing on, on the children and you'll just miss that mm-hmm. and that can sometimes be enough to... To bring the service Do down. you think that um, families and parents have an understanding of these um, areas that you guys in the industry are very on top of? Because I know that um, before I came into the industry, I wouldn't have had a clue. Um, and so obviously you're trying to work with families all the time on what it is that you're delivering to, to the children each day. Do you think they're kind of aware of the seven areas that you're focused on? I would say no. No. I would say that they certainly are aware that they, the educators need to be doing a program and those yeah. sorts of things, but I don't. I would be surprised. I shouldn't say I don't think. I would mm-hmm. be surprised if they realise how intense and in depth it is. I'd also be surprised if they realise that simply relationships with children formed an entire quality area. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's important to them how we treat engage, their children, yeah, engage with their so. children, no question. But I don't think that they would realise that staffing is a whole area on its mm-hmm. own. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think so, no. Uh, that's quite staggering that there's such an important piece in the assessment of the early learning sector and it's not something that parents take into consideration when selecting uh, an appropriate early learning centre or service for their children to go to. I'm, 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 mm. Yeah, that's, um, I'm amazed at that. At a service, do you have to display what your rating is? Yeah, you definitely do. It needs to be on the wall and it's also on uh, SQL websites and right. on a lot of other different websites you have to display what your rating is. So like a family looking for a facility can get that information pretty yeah. easily. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I'm really staggered that families wouldn't actually uh, look at a a services assessment and rating when selecting an early learning centre for their child to attend? I think, well, certainly while the quality areas are important and, and absolutely important to our role as early childhood educators, uh, it is also a real feel that you do get when you walk into a service. And, you know, you need to make sure that these children are educating your children. They're not just there babysitting your children. We're not just there, you know, playing in the sandpit and playing with Play-Doh and and whatnot. We are early childhood educators and that's one of the things that I get on my soapbox sometimes a little bit about because I feel that it's so really, really important that it's the language that we use as educators when we're communicating to our families so that they understand too that we aren't just babysitters and we're not just playing with the children all day. There are a lot of responsibilities, a lot of roles, a lot of accountability that we need to do in those services to make sure that those children, their children, are safe, educated, feel supported, and as they're working up on their way to school when they finally leave us, that they're little, strong, independent people that are ready to take on the world. There's so much science now behind the first five years, and I think early childhood in general has come a long way in terms of promoting and marketing the whole early childhood sector. Um, Have you noticed in your, you know, 27, 28 years, this transformation? I think definitely. I think as we, when I started back in the day, um, we were sort of, I guess, 
not even valuing ourselves so much as early childhood educators. Um, as much as we knew what was what we had to do behind the scenes, as the years have progressed, the expectations of the qualifications and uh, all the workload and all these quality areas. There was an, an, an accreditation process some years back, which is now being replaced by yeah. the assessment and ratings process. So those have changed and they've all moved with the times. Um, and I guess now we are doing a, a better job at educating, making sure we're covering off in all of the areas of child development, not just simply the education space, I suppose, but at all areas. And I think it's not just early learning um, companies, I suppose, that are pushing the first five years as the most important years of a child's development. There's a lot of government initiatives now that is really pushing to educate families on the importance of a learning program. And it's not just babysitting, as you put it. There is a structured program, whether or not it's actually structured, there is an outline that educators are following and they're actually doing a really good job now of communicating that with families, with apps and whatnot, um, to make sure that families are aware of the day-to-day happenings at a service and it's not just Sally and John are sitting in the corner playing with blocks. Like There's a lot going in behind the scenes that I think is, is now getting a lot more value than it has traditionally. Absolutely, and I think you know that another reason for why I do get so passionate about it is it's very, very important that as educators we use professional language when we're communicating with our families because mm-hmm. sometimes that could be the only touch point that you get with that family that day because you might not you might start work later in the morning and you may not have seen them and again in the afternoon. So if that's the communication, and obviously that's not going to be the only communication they will have, but that could be the only communication that they get about the program perhaps or the different... Um, learning journey that that child is, is is on and that's why it's really important for us as professional educators to be able to educate families on what is actually occurring in the services. Yeah, so you're talking about the importance of written communication Definitely. being flawless. Yeah, Definitely communi- uh, written communication, verbal communication mm. as well. Yeah. But when we're talking about apps and, and whatnot, then yes, yeah. definitely written. written. And I guess that too, if we're clever about what we write, then we can include those the quality areas within our language so that, you know, this refers to quality area three, which talks about outdoor spaces or indoor spaces. And so you can educate on the quality yeah, areas right. while so you're educating the families on what the children have been absolutely. up to. Absolutely. So it's not where we're sitting down and saying, do you know that there are seven quality areas? We can say today we had a discussion with the children about outdoor spaces and how they would like to see their new playground or mm-hmm. how they would like to rearrange their room. This is actually informed by quality area three. So it's kind of a, a subtle education on what's actually occurring. I would like to know a little bit about your thoughts. Um, this is a little bit of a, a side um, conversation, but you kind of triggered me there. Um, I know that one of the quality areas is amongst the communities and being a part of your local community and whatever else. And I know that there's a lot of structured programs between kindergarten specifically and that transition to school. And I know that there's a big piece involved with being a part of the school and communities around you. And a lot of families probably don't know that a lot of childcare centres actually partner with these schools um, to make sure that, you know, that their students are prepared for that transition. And they actually, like, I know, like, a lot of um, childcare centres are actually taking the children to different schools, introducing them to the teachers early. And there's, like, a whole structured program that, you know, your child wouldn't get without being a part of that kind of early learning setting. Yeah, definitely. Like the whole transition to school is incredibly important. Children need to be, I guess, familiar with their environment. So some services will be able to go to the school mm-hmm. and visit with the school, particularly in, in some of the smaller areas, sometimes mm-hmm. in a, a larger area. 
then there might be children that are going to so many different schools that it would be difficult. But certainly we would encourage and invite the teachers from the school to come in and have a chat about what might, might be happening mm. when they go to prep and different things and having a chat with the educators. In certain states, well, everybody needs to be doing transition statements, which mm. is something that is written by the um, early childhood teacher and given to the school. So it tells you mm. where the child is is now and then you know helps that teacher in in primary school understand the where that child's at so we do a lot of those sorts of things and it's certainly really important for the child to feel comfortable and have those experiences so that then when they go to school they're actually feeling more comfortable and ready to learn so mel you've mentioned area six and we've briefly touched on the transition between early learning and primary school now there's been some recent media around uh, early learning centres and um, the elderly. Can you um, provide us with a bit of uh, experience on, on that? I haven't had any particular experience. My children are very fortunate to have lots of grandparents that are quite close to them, but that's not the case for all families. So I think it's a really lovely initiative that a lot of services are doing where they either the children go on excursions to the local nursing homes or different things like that, or they also encourage and invite you know, lots of grandparents' days or perhaps we have, I know we have some services where um, we have like a everybody's granny comes along and, and volunteers in the service and that's really lovely. So it's certainly important to develop those relationships. And on the flip side of that is that we have uh, elderly people that perhaps don't have their grandchildren close to them so that everybody benefits. Is it called Bring a Granny Day? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> you can call it what you want. Yeah. It's an interesting note, I suppose, because it's obviously something that the department sees as crucial to have as one of their quality areas. Definitely. And it's not just, I suppose, about connecting with elderly people. It's connecting with the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. So those connections that we have with the local library, yeah. those connections that we have with the local school, um, our local Indigenous um, peoples, they're all really, really, really important parts of, I guess, exposing children who um, don't always have that experience themselves or don't have the opportunity to have those those experiences that we can bring them into the learning, early learning service as well. Yeah. So, Mel, you mentioned that you've got a couple of kids of your own. How old are they? My son is 18 and my daughter is 15. So well and truly past the early That's learning right. stage. That's yes. the other end of the spectrum. Definitely. They both came along with me to the services that I worked at, which was provided its own set of challenges. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I was very fortunate that I, you know, knew and trusted the educators that I was leaving them with. So that was, um, I was very fortunate in that space. And mm -hmm. I often think that it would be very difficult to leave your most precious belonging with the complete stranger, somebody you have never met before. And I used to say to my educators, you know, you need to understand where those families are coming from. We would never ask them to leave their handbag in our office unattended, mm -hmm. yet we are expecting them to be completely okay with them leaving their baby mm -hmm. or, or toddler or preschooler yeah. um, with us and they need to trust us. And that's another reason why we need to show them that we can be trusted and we're doing the right things. Such and a good analogy. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And so obviously then there's been a lot of changes in that time from when your children went through early learning to now, how would you feel as a parent um, with the way that the industry is at the moment? I think knowing what I know, I would feel quite confident. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that, not having the the fortune to know all the background, I think it would be, it's quite terrifying. There's so much expectation on us mm -hmm. as parents now to do the right thing, 
you know, all the children have to be involved in this activity and, and doing this and being it's a lot the best. Of pressure. That, absolutely. Mm, so there is. where we were, you know, back in the day before I had children and how, how I perceived parenthood then is certainly very different to how I perceive parenthood now. And my 15-year-old daughter's probably had a lot to do with mm-hmm. that. She it's very challenging at times as an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's certainly has changed immensely. There's a lot of changes in so far as the documentation that educators are expected to do, the qualifications that ex- that educators are expected to to have, and that's obviously a large monetary cost that we need to be investing. So we really are investing in ourselves through investing in our children. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, you need to find the right educator, and, and I guess that's the thing. When it comes down to being a parent, walking into a service for the first time, absolutely your quality areas are important and absolutely that's very, very important, but it really comes down to your gut. Yeah. And that's sure. at the end of the day, you get a good feeling about those educators and that's the right service for you. And what about, uh, you know, given childcare centres, early learning centres these days are you know, typically you know, brand new, shiny, um, do you think that's a consideration for parents? I'm coming from the property side. Yeah, I think brand new and shiny can certainly be quite appealing because it's brand new and shiny. Mm-hmm. But brand new and shiny doesn't always mean excellent. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of challenges with a brand new and shiny service. It's a brand new and shiny team that have mm-hmm. never worked together before. Yeah. So they've got a lot of those things. That necessarily is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but that's just something that they need to work out. Uh, children, All children are new to the service, so they're all settling. Mm-hmm. The service down the road might be a little bit dusty, a little bit rusty, but those <laughs> educators might have been there for a really long time and everybody, they're well seated in their community. They're embedded, yeah. Yeah, so I guess there's certainly pluses and minuses. That's a really good point, Mel. Um, so I guess if you were a parent, well, you are a parent, but if you were a new parent and you were on um, a bit of a mission to find a new early learning centre for your new child and there's three childcare centres on the same street that you're doing too, is that? What are your non-negotiables or advice for families in terms of things to look out for? Yeah, what do you look when, for? Yeah, what do you, how do you choose the right one? For me personally, I would be looking at the relationships that educators have with the children. Mm-hmm. So that can be evident in how the children respond to the educators and how the educators respond to the children. What kind of environment? Is it relaxed? Keeping in mind that there's going to be times when that's not always going to be the case. No. But, you know, taking that into consideration, what, is, what does it feel like? How does mm-hmm. it feel to you? You can get that gut feeling and that that speaks volumes, I think. So the relationships with, with the children for me would be number one. I would certainly be interested if you've got a friend that attends that service, mm-hmm. so the word of mouth, definitely. What do they like about a service? What attracts them? Why do they keep their child there? Mm-hmm. Um, I would be looking at the environments. Are they engaging? Are there lots of sort of activities out for the children to? Are the children engaged in the activities that are out there? So they might... Be, you might just appear like it's just Play-Doh to us, but what's actually occurring there are the educators sitting down with the children and, and really extending their learning on what's occurring in that space. And I suppose, look, cleanliness comes into it to a degree, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, you know, it is a, an early learning service, so there are lots of little people around, but, you know, there's generally, you can see it's nice and clean and tidy, that the children are happy, the educators are happy and are engaged with the children and you're getting a good feeling, then I think you're on a winner. That's amazing. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much for having me.